Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner. And in this episode, I am joined by Jo Jones. She's making a welcome return. Jo is the co-founder of Beauty Banks, one of the most influential PRs in the beauty industry and a go-to for brand building. She is one half of the Beauty Hags with Nadine Baggett on YouTube and the founder of Beauty Beat, an online PR and brand building workshop. To say she's busy is an understatement. And I've worked in the beauty industry for a long time and she has always been considered a powerhouse. But the scope of what she does really really is impressive and from my perspective as someone who gets to sort of have a what do you call it a courtside view it just seems to be that she's doing more and more and more but more importantly getting better and better and better her insights on brand building social media and marketing are unmissable and the work she has done with beauty banks the charity she co-founded with journalist and broadcaster sally hughes which works to end hygiene poverty in the uk is beyond impressive and it's work that that continues and has evolved in in many ways since they started a couple of years ago. Jo popped over to my house for a catch up to share her insights on brand building, which I find fascinating, what brands can do better, which I also find incredibly interesting, and what customers need to look out for. And we're talking specifically here about the beauty space, but it applies to other industries, other brands, other, other particular products. We also talk about her online PR workshops, Beauty Beat, uh, which she has launched on YouTube, where she's basically sharing her PR know-how. It's unmissable. I find the videos incredibly entertaining and also incredibly informative. And in an update from the show that I did with Sally and Joe about Beauty Banks a while ago, Joe shares what they have been doing to end hygiene poverty and how they are moving their charitable efforts forward. All the links to Joe and everything we discuss will be in the show notes, but here she is making a very welcome return to the podcast. It's Joe Jones. Joe Jones, what a delight. You're in my house. <laughs> it's a lovely house. <laughs> thank you. It is an absolute lovely house and it's so clean. Oh, thank you. It's spotlessly clean. I'm really Oh, oh look, you've got why have you got a not do you play the organ? <laughs> it's not a sexual reference. <laughs> This is not a sexual reference. <laughs> no, it's an electric keyboard. Yeah, that's an organ, isn't it? I, I would just call it a piano. Oh, okay. But so you do play the... No. So when I did 26 Habits in 2018, one of them was, can I learn, can I start <laughs> learning an instrument? <laughs> and uh, how did that turn out for you? Well, I had a free download, like a free trial period on this really good app. Mm. But then it's £80 to buy the app. Oh, yeah. It's quite an investment, I was isn't like, it? I would probably spend... £80 on 10 piano shoes. lessons. <laughs> shoes, obviously. <laughs> but it just... Because in the App Store, £80 seems like... Oh, my God, that's got to be top level in the App Store, isn't it? But I actually recommended it to my friend Tom Farrelly, who's been on this podcast. Yeah. And he lives in New York, and he's been using the app, and he said it's brilliant. So really? So he's like, actually, Ems... Because my daughter's given up playing the piano because she doesn't like... She doesn't like being told. She's a bit like me. <laughs> 
She you do surprise me. But she likes to be able to just freestyle. So it might be quite useful for her because I think she's forgotten where middle C is. It's really, really good because you do the little exercises and then at the end it will... And it does it... So the app listens to the keyboard. Yeah. So if you go oh, wrong... So it's like sort of smarted up. Yeah. Mm. So if you go wrong, it'll be like... Mm, yeah. Twat. And then once you... Yeah. <laughs> and then once you get to the end of the exercise... So when I was using it, when I got to the end of my thing, it, it allowed me to play along with um, Timber by Kesha and... Oh, and so oh yeah. So. I'm, I'm familiar with all of that sort of music. <laughs> having two young girls who just oh, listen God. to that endless shit all day long. That's the difference about being childless, is that I just... Benefit constantly <laughs> constantly listen to old rock music and so you don't have to listen radio. to mabel and you don't have to listen to ellie goulding who's very nice i'm sure but you know i find myself saying the whole time and i have to stop myself but then i can't stop myself this all sounds the same because it actually does sound the bloody same yeah it really you can't differentiate between one or the other and obviously they just think i'm the most uncoolest ridiculous person and just like death stare me <laughs> and then they just need to come into the beauty industry and understand that you're one of the coolest oh uh, no no like we have like we have annual like regular conversations about i don't think i'm particularly cool but the bar is quite you know the bar is quite low at the school of coolness with the mums at the case. I mean, I'm not in some cool, sort of cool school. This is like you're wearing, Leyland you're backwater. You're wearing Keith Richards on your T-shirt. I know, but like I only... You walk I'm, in and it's like, hi, just in case you didn't know, I'm cool. <laughs> no, and I also am always like late and embarrassingly things. But they no, they don't think, they just think, like all good kids, mm. just think their parents are just insanely... Embarrassing. Like, yeah, and cringe. They <laughs> die of cringe. If I do so much as, like, dance or move mm. or breathe too loudly in public, it's all a, like, no. Or just do anything. No, but they do, like, the makeup and the, you know, all that kind of stuff, that play. Nice. They They wanted a Vic, one of the Victoria Beckham palettes each. I think that's fair. Yeah. I if mean, you're I, doing the PR, I... If I was your kid and you, oh, what are you doing today, mummy? Oh, organising a big lunch with 150 journalists and influencers and makeup artists and hairstylists and Victoria Beckham. Mm. I, w- I would want. Well, but they don't know who she is, right? So they don't know who Victoria is. They've got, like, they basically, she's not, no. I mean, they're two, they're 10 and seven. They've got no idea, like, literally none. Oh, yeah. Um, but I told them that I was going to be having a meeting with Ariana Grande and they nearly wet themselves. Oh. So that's the kind of level did you have the meeting with ariana grande and did she have a ponytail um it's coming i'm gonna have it soon and apparently she's very lovely very funny really good at imitating like um, comedically quite funny i just think she's one of those people that i'm interested in you're probably interested in and so are my kids mm-hmm. and i think that's quite an un- and i like her the whole thing around um what she did in manchester and she paid for all of the mm-hmm. funerals of all the children and the people that died i just think that she's got a lot of layers to her that's quite interesting with a pop star of that sort of age mm-hmm. today without sounding really old and also she can sing like an absolute motherfucker oh my, my the first time i ever heard ariana grande she was on jimmy fallon and she's really good mates with jimmy fallon mm. and they did this comedy skit where they basically did rap tunes to like in the style of musicals or like oh nice yeah, yeah. Ja- jazzy it's one of the clips like it's on my um, instagram story highlights and she kills like 99 problems oh she's amazing like she's really really and she just like can sing and i you know she's talented and i 
I think that's great. So that's what they get interested in. They get interested in stuff like that. Or Millie Bobby Brown, so TCS, communication store, where um, I still consult for. They just launched Millie Bobby Brown at Boots and she got excited about, they got excited about that. Is that a clean beauty range? No, I think it's just more like tweeny. Tweeny. You know, that kind of, because my kids, they're getting to the age now where they're starting to get, well, not Ivy necessarily because she's seven, but Violet will be, you know, she'll be getting her period mm. soon. And she has started to get little sort of like spots on her shoulders and on her temples, you know, that kind of stuff. And she needs to start thinking about skincare. And the only thing that I've managed to engage her with has been this Millie Bobby Brown stuff because she knows who that person is. Ah, okay. That's Whereas I've tried to get her to use um, all sorts of amazing stuff. Um, she's not interested and right. it's a chore to her and it's boring. But Millie Bobby Brown, she knows who she is and it's in cool kind of packaging and she's sold she's in and now she's got a skincare routine and if that's what it takes for her to get a skincare routine then I'm okay with that that's really interesting I hadn't thought about it from that perspective I guess I'd always thought I'd probably recommend simple or something exactly but it's boring to her right so I was using CeraVe Nadine gave um, me loads of CeraVe to use to it which is obviously brilliant for Mm. her skin and really gentle she looks at it and it bores her to death and it's a chore and it's just like helping mummy do the washing up or whatever. Whereas the Millie Bobby Brown stuff, you know, she can tell her friends. She's just gone yeah. on a school trip for four days. She's taken it all with her. And it's an like a bit of a sort of social asset as well, you mm. know. That's really quite interesting. So a lot of people have asked for you to come back on the podcast to talk about your career. Like you are one of the biggest <laughs> and the best in... You... <laughs> well, I know. And you know what? Wait, just, just one you of can't the... flatter Joe ever. <laughs> compliment her you can't when you've come from an irish background and you've got like <laughs> so many different you just anyway sorry go on carry on i'm yeah. just gonna eat some of them yeah my you, eat, you eat your cinnamon <laughs> and i'll do something i'll say some nice stuff about you okay so you are one of the biggest and the best in pr and that's why you do organize and work with brands like victoria beckham beauty and you know you have meetings with people like ariana grande but i i always thought that you were top of your game because you kind of you work across a lot of brands, be it beauty or skincare, and that you kind of had this umbrella perspective, as it were. You sort of sit above it and you're able to sort of look down on it and go, yeah, that's how those pieces slot together. I'd never thought about the perspective that your kids would have given you. Oh, God. I mean, it's incredible. Not just my kids, actually, but my nieces. Mm. So my sister has got a 20-year-old and twin 15-year-olds, almost 16. And... It's, it's really easy when you live in the bubble that we live in, the beauty mm. bubble, to not step outside of it. And actually, I step out of it a lot. And not just with my family, but also I shop for beauty. Yeah. And I find that some influencers and editors or whatever, maybe they don't have time, but they don't shop for beauty mm. because they get sent it all and, you know, and they get to see it first and all those kind of things. But it gives me a thrill to shop for it. Yeah. And I think that you discover things that you wouldn't necessarily discover just waiting for them to be sent to you. Mm. And like, there's this amazing shop that I found in um, just outside Chinatown in central London called P, I think it's called P2 Bus. And it's just a weird name, but it's a little Korean beauty shop. It's really small. It's very busy, like busy. In fact, it's got tons of stuff in it. It's Mm. not ordered. It's not chic, but it's really cool. And you can go in there and find Japanese brands, Korean brands that you can't buy anywhere else um, in the UK or that you can't, you know, that you won't be able to get in Selfridges or whatever Mm. because they've all been imported in. They've all got Korean or um, 
Japanese labeling. So you have to get your Google Translate out on your phone. You know the app? Oh, you, there's an app that you just like Google Translate and you put it in front of the po- packaging and it sort of gives you a, a sort of a rough translation <laughs> <laughs> of what, um, of what uh, afterbirth or whatever it is. Is it placenta <laughs> is in some of these products? Nadine's like, you put that placenta on your face. How can you put that on your face when you don't know what it is? I'm like, I don't give a shit what it is. I give a shit what it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want it to be like tested on animals or anything like that. But, you know, no. from an ingredients perspective, um, I don't mind what it is as long as it's ethical. Um, and yeah, this shop I just found and I just, I just love it. And I just think it's those things that when I still get excited about beauty like that, which I do, and I still will go into Superdrug and shop. I love Superdrug. I'm obsessed with Superdrug. Oh, I'm Their skincare. Oh, I just think that they're really killing it in beauty and they're mm. really, um, you know, they're really just quite agile and there's new stuff coming in all the time and they've really sort of, um, up their game. And I just I just get excited about going in there and shopping. Mm. And I think that the minute that you don't, or you're just waiting for it all to come to you, you lose some of that magic of that. So I, yeah, I spent I spent an absolute fortune in Tokyo on beauty products. But then I'll go into. You went out there for the World Cup recently, didn't rugby you? World rugby Cup, World yeah. Cup, yeah. Wales versus uh, Australia. It was amazing. My husband's Welsh, so um, it was amazing. Um, but then we have. England and Wales may meet in the final, which will be an absolute fucking disaster for us, Ooh. for our marriage. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Wales are good enough to beat South Africa. And <laughs> Damn, Jones is banned from the. I know. I mean, I mean, yeah. And I, I have high hopes that England will beat the All Blacks, but let's see. Okay, let's see. Well, on a beauty tip, because I know naff all about rugby <laughs> or any sports. <laughs> Um, you, so you, this amazing career in PR, but then obviously another thing that you did and you talked about stepping outside of the beauty bubble Mm. and I totally know what you mean about that because for example, a few weeks ago I went and got a blow dry and it was in a salon around the corner. Mm. I'm on the Surrey borders, so I'm not central London. Same, yeah. Yeah. And I was, um, asking some questions to kind of see what everyone in the salon knew about Mm. beauty and I sort of dropped a few names that you and I would just think everybody knew. Yeah, of and course, they, were they haven't no idea. Yeah. They were like, no, no, Love Island. I'm like, what? And I'm like, when you, so you get your beauty advice from the girls from Love Island. Like, oh yeah, I love following them. And I'm thinking, okay, interesting, interesting. But it, so I totally know what you mean about the bubble. But then another thing you've done that you stepped out of it was, is beauty banks. Mm. Yeah. And that does, surely that must have been an out of the bubble moment that made you go oh my god look what we can do yeah I mean that's more of a human like that just I, I mean to go back to with the bubble thing just to finish off what I was saying about my because this is what I do I don't finish conversations so <laughs> I've been told that I have to make sure that I fully loop things around <laughs> so that there's a, a finish to it so that you don't have to go on afterwards and but say oh by the way but when, what I was saying about my nieces is that when what I will do with them because they're like 20 and um, 15 is I'll sense check stuff against them. And I just listen to them and I ask them questions the whole right. time. So one of the things, I was doing some work, I think when we were at TC, we were pitching for, I think it was the body shop. And I lived in the body shop when I was mm. their age. You know, I loved it. It's where you met your friends on the Saturday morning and it's, you Bath, know. Oh my God, like if anyone's got any jewellery hanging around, <laughs> like, I mean, I just, I, they don't, you can't even get it anywhere. I just like my obsession. Why can't they get out the archives? I don't know. I'm, I think it must be unstable or something because they've still got banana conditioner and they've still got white musk, which just mm. makes me, yeah, heave. 
But I would say, like I said, we were when I was doing this pitch for them, I can't, you know, relate because I'm not their age. So I asked them and I said, how do you feel about the body shop? And they were like, yeah, you know, just like they're still sort of slightly on their phones and mm. not really listening and that kind of thing. And I said, well, how do you feel about Lush? And when I said that, I mean, I know how I feel about Lush. Mm, um, they sat bolt upright in their seats and put their hands like on their chair. Oh, I love Lush. And I was, I was such a visceral like reaction. And it was so... Um, it was so instant and so authentic that I was immediately like trying to unpick what that mm. meant. And, you know, they said things like they can go in there when they don't have any money and still be treated. And the people can know, like the people that work there know they don't have any money, but they will still get treated like a paying customer. They will still get the same experience. They can try lots of things that they, um, everything's sort of scoop outable and smellable and all yeah. of these things. And it was the experience. And so they, when they do get their pocket money and they have got money, that's where they go to spend it. I thought that was so interesting, interesting because it's not just about the sale. And I think too many brands think just about the sale. That when they've got the sale, that's it. You've, you've nailed it. Mm. When actually, when you've got the sale, that should be the beginning of your relationship with that customer. And what comes after that is just as important as what it's taken to get them to buy. And I have this, this like, I'm completely obsessed with this idea that and and I'm so amazed at how many brands don't do it if you want new customers you go out there and you speak to your existing ones and they will tell you how to get new customers they will tell you what hooks them in mm. why they came why they come to you it's amazing like someone will go to the same hairdressers for like 10 years and get a regular and not be given a birthday card or a freebie mm. from that hairdresser to lock them in. You know, it's kind of interesting to me that um, people don't go that far, that they just think of the sale, nailed it, got it, let's get some more people, when actually, if you want to be around in five years' time and you want to grow your business, start growing your audience by looking at the people that you already have um, So does that mean you. the PR strategy has changed for you in terms of, because it used to be all about driving to the sale, now do you think about driving to the sale and beyond? Or yeah. is that? Or have I got that wrong? No, no, not at all. I think that PR has definitely changed in the fact that when I started, it was editorial had such was such it was such an impactful mm. thing, and it is still to yeah. a certain extent. And but I think it's more part of the mix now rather than the main mix, right? Because in the UK there isn't television really. It's really difficult to get any brands on TV because. They don't, we don't have the channels for that sort of, um, particularly for beauty. I also remember somebody saying to me, beauty's not sexy. Get three models in the latest high street fashion. That's a seven minute segment. Show me three pots of white cream. It's nothing. It's harder. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is harder. I mean, it can be transformative with like makeup and whatnot, but mm. not in the segment that you've got to play yeah. with, right? Not yeah. in the time frame you've got to play with. But it, yeah, it used to be that that's what we did. We focused on editorial and growing relationships with... Um, editors and journalists and that kind of thing but now it's just fragmented so mm. why it's as important if not more so than it's ever been before because PR is not just about it is about the sale but it's also about building your reputation it's about creating a relationship with your customer mm. it's about um creating an emotional connection with them as well as a, a sort of a transactional one and I think that it just means that we have to work harder to reach her for argument's sake because she's in different lots of different places at the same time mm. so I do feel like it's just as important as it's always been it's just we just have to think of different channels and different ways of reaching her whereas before it was quite it was when I started it was like tv radio um 
magazines mm. right that was it that was all there were and mm. you might be a bit of direct marketing and that kind of thing and sales promotion but that was sort of not a bit that low sexy. yeah exactly very much below the line but now it's just it could be um podcasts you know it mm. could be magazines it could be um uh, events it could be um direct marketing it could be um God, it could be one of them. Local magazines. It can be uh, influencers' channels. It can be a nano uh, influencer campaign. It can be seeding. It can be celebrity. It can yeah. be. You can cut that pie in lots of different ways. And it's not all just Instagram because I think Instagram obviously is like such a busy space right now. Mm. And it's where, for example, the majority of my content now is driven through and via Instagram. And I always worry about that and think, God, am I putting too many? eggs in one basket but mm. what i mean is is that instagram isn't the only place where you can find no well, we were talking about this earlier yeah. right pinterest is one of the biggest drivers particularly in beauty for to acquire new customers and to get attention right mm. because that's what we're after right brands whether it's me promoting a beauty brand or you promoting yourself as a podcast it's attention that you're looking for mm. that you're trying to get right you're trying to get people's attention so you need to go to where they are instagram i think is incredible it's amazing it's getting more expensive to um and more crowded mm. but it is free right mm. it's a free platform so when people start to get oh it's full of ads and it's not what it used to be and blah 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 well it's free Right. Thank you for your unsolicited advice about the free content. But it's like it's free. It's free, mm. and it's like, what do you want? Like, it's free. So you have. It's like when people go, "Oh, you're selling out." But if an influencer, you're doing an ad. What about the ninety percent of stuff that they give you that is free? Mm-hmm. Right. What about that? How do you think they're going to pay the mortgage? How are you going to pay the bills? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, this house is absolutely bloody lovely, and I'd love to live in it. But it's not a freaking castle, is it? That you're, but you know, it's not like yeah. you're like living this majorly sort of highfalutin champagne lifestyle. Well, unless you've got another place that I don't know about. You've got to pay oh, yeah, the bills. yeah, this is just my podcast. I know, this is, just, this is just my sweet as pad. Um, and, but that, you know, so I don't think that there's... I think Instagram is still definitely a place that brands should be, um, should be present and should be active. And I think that it's, you know creating content that's valuable and interesting and that's reaching that customer really is is right the algorithms and stuff change all the time so you can't really stick to the same thing and expect it to keep delivering and I think staying on top of that is important even though you know it's hard work and most of it goes above my head but I try and understand a little bit of it but it's TikTok like Mm -hmm. I mean that's just and people are oh it's just the kids well those kids are going to grow up (laughs) Right. Or they'll say, oh, it's not going to be around in five years. That's what people said about Facebook. Right. Mm. Oh, 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 it's just for kids. People said about Facebook that it was just for students. Right. And for college kids. Now look at it. And also, it doesn't matter if it's around in five years time. It's got a massive bloody audience now. Yeah. So be on there. You know, it's true. So what I'm quite interested to hear from you, and I don't know if you you I'd be interested to hear what your insight is on this. Everyone listening to this podcast is a customer in some form. And probably a beauty consumer in some way, shape or form. And so if we're talking about the relationship going just beyond the sale, how does it work from the consumer side? Meaning, I go into lots of Facebook groups like mine, uh, Nadine's, Caroline's, and you do see a lot that people are unhappy about how customer services speak to them or they don't feel like they're getting value for money or they get something and they're like, it's a rip-off and then I wasn't dealt with 
correctly. How would you advise a consumer to get the best out of that relationship? Um, I don't think it's on the consumer. Mm. I think it's on the I think it's on the brand and the retailer. I really do. And I think that and I say this elevated customer service should be every brand's focus. Mm. And it's it's interesting because I put it in a lot of decks now when I'm looking um, when I'm pitching for new business or I'm helping do some training or whatever. It's it's your job to provide that extra layer of customer service because they've got so much choice. They can go mm. 10 other million other places. Why are they going to shop with you? And it's because they feel looked after part of your community and they feel valued mm. as a customer. And I think there was an interesting thing that happened with Glossier quite a few years ago. So we obviously mm. look after Glossier, TCS look after Glossier in the uh, UK and now in the US. We launched them in the UK, which was you know, a massive win for us and something that we really worked hard to get. But they, before that, um, my colleague Jane Harper and I had gone to New York and we had gone to the Glossier store, like everyone does, right? Yeah. So it was the thing that you do and you go there and you shop. And we, both of us were like, had small kids. We didn't really have that much money. I think we bought like two things each. And one, it, it, the thing that we really wanted was the boy brow. So we bought boy brow each. When we got back to our hotel, we quickly had to pack and then go to the airport. And Jane opened her boy brow and it was empty. There was nothing in it. And, you know, it was like 18 bucks or something like that. And she was, she was gutted because yeah, she yeah. really, it wasn't the money, but obviously, you know, one wants to waste money, but she just really wanted it. It wasn't there. I, we're like, oh, let's just email them and just mm. say customer service. So she emailed them and said, and sent, I'll send a picture if you want a picture and blah, blah. They got back super fast, like within a couple of hours. And it was so sort of apologetic. We're so sorry. Can't believe you've had this experience. Um, don't worry about sending us a picture. We believe you. We trust you. Um, we, if you give us a dress, we'd like to send you a replacement. And I, it was really elegantly done, mm. right? And, and it was fast, don't like customer services that take two or three days to get back to people. That's not valuing your customers. Mm. So why are they going to stick to you with you? Anyway, we got back to London and within two days, um, Glossier had sent and bearing in this at this time, they were only operating out of the US. They weren't in the UK, so they weren't agile. So they couldn't just send it from a warehouse down in Kent or wherever right. it was coming from the US. They had sent a, a full box of product packed with stickers and everything you could possibly imagine. And we were blown away. And I've talked about that ever since because we, that is customer service. Mm. That's cost them not very much at all. But the value that it has given them is insurmountable, right? They can't, it's not calculable, right? Mm. You can't say, oh, Jane Harper, blah, blah. And, you know, because I, but I've told that story to tons of people. Jane's told it to tons of people. We both have a very strong emotional connection to that brand because mm. of the way that she was treated with customer service. And you're loyal to them because mm. of it. And you tell people. And I think it doesn't, but no one to not go that extra mile is just you're really missing a trick as a brand. And, you know, you don't always have to do that. And for a lot of people, there is a bottom line. And, you know, it can be that you can't afford to do that. That's fair enough. But you can afford to follow up and be nice and say, and not ask for a bloody picture. Mm. You have to, you know, if someone has gone out of their way to email you and to say that something isn't right or it's broken or whatever, don't ask for a picture. You know what, I totally agree with you up to the point where I remember when I was on a magazine, I started getting emails not long afterwards. 
<laughs> or phone calls and they were people on the make oh uh, yeah of course and that and so that makes it really complicated to know the person who's genuinely bought a product that is empty and the person who's just oh for sure but I think you have to as a brand you have to give them the benefit of the doubt if someone's mm. gone out of them way to because you could easily have just snapped off the thing and taken a picture of said oh, look, it's empty yeah, right it's not really going to make any difference whether you have a picture or not mm. um you know it could be that you say that the product's given you a rash and then send a picture of you and you've just been attacked by stinging nettles do you know what I mean? how are you supposed to know whether that's true or not what's the, your garden like joe <laughs> It's actually very nice because I have nothing to do with it. Do you not know that Dan's basically like obsessed with the garden? I, oh. just, I just like the idea of being attacked by stinging nettles as opposed to accidentally <laughs> no, walking into I know. <laughs> Day of the Triffids down in stage. Yeah, I know. Well, it's all happening down there. Um, but you, you, yeah, you just can't really... And It's different when you're on a magazine, I suppose, but if or you know, at some sort of platform. But if you're a brand, you just have to... You're just going to have to suck it up and believe that that's what... Um, that's the truth and mm. give customers a benefit of the doubt because nine times out of ten I'm sure they're not on the make and if someone is maybe they're just desperately sad people who need free stuff do you know <laughs> what I mean and then I feel sorry for them <laughs> <laughs> don't, just... don't use this as a strategy to get free stuff no no because that because I think you can always tell a mile off anyway oh like one of the most th the thing that annoys me the most um is um is sort of social sort of YouTube um, influencers or whatever who create, um, I've seen it a lot, who create videos, um, YouTube videos that say things like how to get how to get on PR lists and get free stuff. No. And there are a lot of, yeah, there are loads, right? So if you um, Google them, there are a load. How to get free stuff from PRs, right? And I just think, oh my God, you absolute assholes because you are doing a disservice to everyone who creates content that is really valuable and they're trying to get onto those lists in a really authentic mm. way and you're just undermining all of them and you will always get that but it's it is that I mean we get I'd have to when I'm at TCS we, we get at least five or six emails a week from I've got a podcast I've got a this can you send me products can we get on the list blah 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 and Four or five, four out of five of them are absolutely genuine and whatever. But it's not like you just don't check them out. It's so interesting because I remember when I started this podcast, I remember having Fleur on mm. and a few other people like Fleur, so influencers who had started with a blog. And I remember saying, how do you feel about the word blogger? Because blogger became a dirty word. Mm. And when I started the podcast, I'd say, I've got a podcast. And people like, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm in the same space where if I pitch to somebody I will say show I will say I'd like to create an episode but I rarely use the word podcast really because it's become a bit of a oh everyone's got a podcast and I've actually seen I remember seeing the comedian um Whitney Cummings tweet saying if I follow you and you message me and ask me to come on your podcast you're part you're part of the problem <laughs> I was like, Shit. no she's part of the problem because she's making it a dirty word but it's not a dirty word but I just think but I think so meta yeah isn't it but but there's that thing of like um there are so many so they lose their value and so then how do you yeah, but there's so many of everything there's so many lipsticks doesn't mean that you know and yet I'm never gonna wear a lipstick and you know it's kind of and yeah I will I would pay money for all of Lisa Eldridge's because that's yeah if you could get them I mean Christ I've tried to buy them don't even so full coverage I'm a member of the full coverage group mm -hmm. Lindsay's podcast 
and in Nadine's group. And as soon as those things drop, their feeds, their groups are just full of people I know, with it's those. Amazing. But do you I know that's a like really me. good PR tactic. Yeah. Do you know what that's called? Scarcity. Mm. And it's a marketing tactic, and it is how Kylie um, Jenner built her brand. Really? Yeah. All built on scarcity. So you basically say to people, there's 10 of them, and they're available for 10 minutes. Good luck. Right? And the minute that you give people more time, they're like, oh, I can get it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I might get it what? And then, it, and then they sort of forget about it, and it's gone. But scarcity is a tactic that's used a lot in marketing and PR. Oh. Mm. Get it before it goes. Disappearing stores, not a pop-up. Don't call it a pop-up, call it a disappearing store. It's Are disappear. you serious? Of course I've I'm never serious. heard that term, disappearing Maybe store. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> I could have, I made Trademark. it up. No. Trademark, TM. <laughs> no, yeah, all of those things. It's just, a, it's just the minute that you start using certain language, that whether the customer realises it or not, it encourages them to behave in a certain way. And scarcity is yeah, absolutely one of them. The lip kits, when Kylie uh, Jenner launched those, they were like, they had 10,000 of them or whatever it was, I don't even know. Um, but they were only available, get it until it goes. I didn't know When that. it's gone, it's gone. That's another good one. When, when gone, it goes, it goes. You know? There's actually, oh, thinking about it now, there's a rail, there's a rail in Topshop, isn't it, that is literally called get it before it goes or last lines get it before yeah it's all of that language you'll see it now when you uh, become aware of it like the how you um marketeers and brands use language in a manipulative alluring kind of way that really does draw you in whereas mm. if they said it in another way you just walk past and won't pay any different pay any attention scarcity i like that but it has made me want all of lisa rogers of course it has it's made me bloody want them and i know that's what scarcity is <laughs> that's the thing i know about it it still means i want it doesn't mean i don't want but it i tell you what's great about it so scarcity is one thing but then it's getting the hundreds of thousands of people or or however many thousand managed to get the lipsticks to then go on social media share it and actually create even more of that well, of course because it's a bit drive. like oh i got one you didn't do you know what i mean it's like one upmanship which is what a lot of social is about it's like because what? actually <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean because actually when you are really having a good time you never get your phone out. That's so true. I mean, I just, I remember we had, um, we had, we were away in France over New Year's with like loads of friends and it was really chill. And like one of them, you know, they're all fair, like some of them are fairly quite sort of, you know, not famous, but well known in their fields. And I could have easily got my phone out and been like, look at me hanging out with blah, blah, or whatever. But you don't because you're too busy like having a good time it's only when you're like i wouldn't really think i thought this morning oh i should take some pictures if we don't i bet we get to the end of this we and won't. don't take a picture when joe when joe sat down i said for the love of mike don't let me forget to take a picture of us because that's my absolute mo i'll leave an interview with someone and then i'll be like oh bollocks we did that with sally when we did the first beauty banks one totally yeah because that was because we did the podcast i literally put my stuff in my case and then we did all the boxing up do you remember oh god yeah that was ages that doesn't that, feel like that long ago though does it no but it was quite it must have been what two Lindsay was over it was the trip right. Lindsay was over two years ago promoting the book before i heart hawaii so it was about a, long a year time and a half ago, ago. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely god, we were all up goes. to our elbows in head and shoulders and feminine <laughs> hygiene products and <laughs> welcome to my world well okay so i want to because we we are um it's all right i've got about 20 minutes okay so, i mean i'm always like the person that's like <laughs> oh it's fine it'll only take me 10 minutes to get there and then it takes me like 50 yes 
But it's fine. I just want to make sure that we squeeze as much out of you okay, as possible. Yeah, go, but then go. I think you also do have to come back and I'll come to you next Well, time. now I know where you live. Oh, yeah, you can come to my house. Um, see the Triffid stinging nettle. <laughs> so, beauty <laughs> banks. I really want to talk about this because you started this and... How do I put this? When I see your social media and you're constantly in, like, literally backing up the truck uh-huh. to the storage facility, I just think... God, it's a bloody great idea and God love you. But actually the fact that it is like such a big part of your life, the execution, carrying, lugging, sorting the drop-offs, picking up everything. It's, I mean, it's a huge job on top of what you're already doing. Because listeners, I'm not joking when I say that Joe is like one of the biggest names in beauty PR. (laughs) Um, And you've got a YouTube channel where you've got Beauty Beat where you're giving free PR masterclasses. Yeah, I think that, but I think that this is my time to do stuff, right? So with me, it's the last 10 years, I've I've sort of been bringing up my kids from babies. Mm. I I wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now and as much as what I'm doing now five years ago or six, seven years ago, you know, and because I just didn't have the bandwidth, but I also didn't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with. Um, to deal with things because mm. I was bringing up small children and they didn't sleep. But, you know, all the usual stuff that happens with kids, nothing that was particularly special to mine. But it, but the the thing with Beauty Banks is that it started as a very small idea and it was never meant to be anything other than, oh, there's all this waste that's happening over there and there's all this beauty stuff that gets rid of and all of this whatever. And there's shitloads of people over there that can't afford to be clean, mm. right? So... All you have to do is to take the from the haves and give to the have not. So it wasn't supposed to be anything more than that. And I think the fact that it has taken off is very bittersweet because actually it's not a nice thing. And knowing that children are going to school and not being able to wash properly or that families are sharing toothbrushes because... And as you say on the beginning of your ad with your break... Disease comes in through the mouth, right? Yes. And that <laughs> Joe's talking about the Zendia mouth that's running that's against right. the Joe at the She's moment. like, "Do you know that these? I do know that actually. <laughs> I do know them. That's why you should never share a toothbrush because most diseases are airborne and go in through the mouth. So if you're using a toothbrush that four or five other people are using at the same time, you are going to get sick. It's not romantic, people. Don't no. share toothbrushes unless you work unless you work on a farm. Apparently, according to your nutritionist woman. Wasn't it that she said that if you work on a farm, then you have you never you basically never get ill because you've rolled around in shit and dirt and muck since the day you were born. So oh, yeah, we are far. I mean, I know you said this place is clean, but honestly, um, I think there's a lot to be said for, <laughs> for just a little bit of dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do need a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of it wasn't supposed to be anything other than that. And I think but. I think the reason that people have been so supportive of it is because we can all relate, right? Mm. So we can all, you know, what it's like when you've, you're ill and you haven't been able to have a shower and your hair feels green. You know, everything mm. looks bad. And all you want to do when you start to feel better is to have a hot bath or a mm. hot shower. Or you've been somewhere and you've been out all day and you've been in the city or whatever and you come back and your toenails, like, not your toenails. <laughs> <laughs> your fingernails have got all dirt underneath. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You want like the you minute blow I, your nose and it's all. Oh, it's all yeah. black. The minute I come in through the door after getting off of the train, the first thing that I do is wash my hands. Mm. Like I can't do anything until yeah, I've washed my hands. And I think not being able to wash your clothes properly because you you can't afford um, soap powder or that 
you know, all of those things that everyone can relate to that feeling. So it, you know, it's sort of taken off, but in a way that is just heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, you know, it is very, um, it is labour intensive and it's time intensive, but you switch it on, you can't switch it off. And also it's not purely altruistic. You know, I get a lot out of it mm. from, an, you know, I get, because I get so angry and so did Sally actually. And I got, so, I get so angry about the injustices in this world. I get so angry about the child that gets swept up on the beach in Greece mm. because his parents have tried to flee a war and torn area. I get so angry about poverty and inequality mm. and Boris Johnson and Brad. I get so angry mm -hmm. about all those things, but I can channel it into this and know that at least I am doing something, you know, and it's not, it's not going to help Brexit. It's not going to, but actually people who it, uh, Brexit's actually going to make poverty in this country worse because people who are poor are going to get mm. poorer. They won't be able to afford when food prices go up. They're not going to be able to afford eat food that they can't afford already. But at least I know when I get angry like this and when I get, like, when I see... I don't know if you've been to Marble Arch recently, but you not go recently. past there, there's um, a makeshift sort of um, tent city where um, people are living because they don't have anywhere to live. And when I see stuff like that, I still get angry, but I channel it into beauty banks. That is so interesting because I've been really struggling with the fact that it's so easy to check out of politics mm -hmm. and be distracted by things like Love Island. I'm making a very, very simplistic sure. overdrawing yeah. of the situation. But... I, f I feel a little bit like politics is like I've got like GCSE level politics and actually in order to really engage I need to have PhD level politics because I try and engage with it and I still don't necessarily understand mm. how some of the pieces fit together and why we've got into this situation and then really weirdly I was re-watching season four of RuPaul's Drag Race the other day <laughs> <laughs> and Dan Dan Rather was on it and he was talking about the more you check out, and this bearing in mind season four is seven seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. He was like, and they'd had this whole uh, challenge where they had to um, uh, go up for uh, president. Like oh, the first okay. drag president. And so they had, <laughs> so they did the... It's, it? it could be the next, it could be the next one. I, you know I'd be I mean? happy with that. Um, and so it was the debate. They had, they had like a mock oh, debate. Oh, right, and sure. When they were, when he was, when he was going around the workroom and saying this is why it's important. And he, he was asking them, are you engaged in politics? And a lot of them were like, mm, not really. I, I think it's important, but I don't really know how to get involved. He said, the more you check out, the more really unscrupulous people will be able to get into power. That was seven years ago. And now Trump is president. Uh, and there were obviously some moral value issues there. Sorry if I'm offending anyone. But oh, I, who gives a shit? <laughs> if, you, if you should have bought Trump, that's it. You're right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, no, but it, it's just the point. But that's that, the pop. But do you know what my husband said about Trump the other day? And it was really interesting. My kids know who he is, right? My kids know, and they're 10 and 7, as I've said before. But they know who he is. And what he does so cleverly, or the people around him do so cleverly, is they speak in terms that people understand mm. and they get. And it's not about wrapping things up in legislative language and complexities of politics. That pe That's why people check out. Yeah. And what he does is speak to people in very simple language that even a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old yeah. can understand. And whether you agree with his politics or not, which for the record, I do not, 
I think the mode of communication and the way that he PRs himself and what he does is why he is where he is. Mm. And it's interesting. I think if you, um, if my seven-year-old and ten-year-old are able to engage with the wall, which they are because they understand what it means, means in very simple terms, then so will most people because most of us don't have a clue about politics. Mm. We don't. And, you know, it's... It's it's frustrating. Like I think also I think people who do know about politics are quite sort of um, you know, they tend to make you feel shitty about yourself if you mm. can't engage in the conversation yeah. when actually your vote is worth just as much as their vote. So um I don't I don't think I think you can sort of fall down a bit of a hole with it, but interestingly, with beauty banks, and I mean if you'd have told me three years ago I'd be running a charity, I would have done everything in my power to stop that from happening. <laughs> like there is, like there are, Sally and I say it the whole time, there's like 101,000 reasons why neither of us should be ma managing a charity. But I would never have, you know, I'd never have gone down that path. But um, this is where we are. But the other thing, and this is like the weirdest thing, is we're, be, we're part of an APPG. Now, a, a exactly, right? I had to Google it myself, so there's no shame in this game. It's an all-party parliamentary group. Oh. Yes, I know. How freaking weird is that? So one of my, just cut a very long story short, one of my friends, Rob, is Welsh. He's amazing. He works at, we used to work together years ago in PR, um, in quite a sort of Bell Pottinger, quite a corporate sort of PR situation. He worked in the polit uh, lobbying side. And um, he, he's... Um, he spends a lot of time in Parliament lobbying for this, that or the other. And he's got a very good relationship with an MP called Carolyn Harris. She's the MP for Swansea East. It's a very poor part of Wales. And I started to supply her and um, with Beauty Bank's parcels so that she could hand them out in her constituents. She opens up schools during the summer holidays and makes sandwiches for the kids whose parents, wow. you know, and that's... And she also gets shit done. Like, she... Um, her son was... Before she was an MP, her son was run over and tragically killed. I think it was about eight, oh, Martin. And she couldn't afford to pay for his funeral. And after she became an MP, she's been lobbying government ever since, because she's in a Labour, so she's mm. in shadow um, government. And she successfully lobbied government as part of an APPG to get children's funerals under the age of 16 paid for the state if the parents can't afford them. And she's got the online um, gambling cap put on so that people can't keep gambling and gambling and gambling where, you know, a lot of people that do that are in impoverished situations mm. and get themselves into bad situations. So she's one of those people who just gets stuff done. Um, and she has Sounds been... Sounds like she needs to come on this podcast. Honestly, you'll love... And she's hilarious... She's just hilarious. You definitely so, have to get her on. Just to go back and was she an MP before her uh, son? No, she was a dinner lady. So okay, so this is what I think is really interesting. She was a dinner lady. Then um, after her son, I believe it was after her son died. Yeah, it was that she then went back. She went to university, got her degree, and then started helping as an assistant to her local MP, I think for free, mm. and then just started to sort of work her way up. And now she's, yeah, she's in, uh, I think she's the deputy Welsh, um, oh God, I can't even But I think this I is where it's really interesting because I now feel like I have, I have been checked out of politics. I voted, mm. but I've never really be, been engaged in the way that 
will be useful. And now I'm thinking, well, how can I be? And it's really interesting to hear you talk about beauty banks because yeah. actually that does make a difference. Yeah. And you don't I, have to step up. You don't have to go into a complete... You've got a platform here. Mm. You know, by getting people like Carolyn or getting people who are... You know, we have this... Uh, you know, the period poverty um, charities who've been successfully lobbying government to get sanitary products into mm. schools and colleges. That's now happening in secondary schools across the country from next term. I think it's from next... No, it might be from January. But it also needs to go into primary schools because mm. kids are getting their periods younger because of the hormones in the food and the hormones in the water. In the water. Bodies are changing. They're developing much quicker. So that's only... part. You know, there's always somewhere else to go. And maybe you should be part of this APPG. Because that we the whole point of beauty banks was that we are putting a band-aid over a problem, right? We are we're propping up government who should be who are failing people that are de depend on the welfare system that the welfare system is failing them for whatever reason it is. So we are propping up the government by mm -hmm. and so now they're like oh don't have to deal that. with that right because yeah. oh they're doing it over there. Well no that's absolute crap. So the whole point of the APPG is that it becomes our higher purpose, right? Mm. So whilst we're supporting people living in poverty, we're also lobbying government for change. Mm. And that's where the APPG comes in. So it's about making sure that there are period products in primary schools as well as in secondary mm. schools, making sure that no kid has to go to school without wearing deodorant, you know, all of those things. So that's where we're part of the sort of like action group to, to lobby change. And I think that is... And again, like, tell, ask me five years ago if I'd have been... I go in, I've been into the Houses of Parliament about seven or eight times. I'm like, oh, they let me in. Does it smell like a library? Um, no, it's just really busy. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, it's really busy. There's loads of people everywhere. And there's um, this, this thing called Portcullis House, which is just around the corner, um, where they have lots of meetings. And you're not allowed to take camera pictures in there. And on the first floor, there's, like, every portrait of every Prime Minister <gasps> who has ever been from I don't know how far it went back but maybe not all the way back but I mean you've never seen a wall of smugness <laughs> I mean Cameron's is absolutely disgusting I mean let me just go on the record for that guy do you know what I mean as what did um what did uh what did uh Danny Dyer say that he's at home with his trotters up yeah oh. yeah there's some really bad ones up there so I was going to create a podcast this year and I just never got around to it because I couldn't actually find the information mm. And, it, and because this is an international audience, I also wanted to make sure I did my due diligence and tried to cover off the main territories of, if you don't like the way things are going, how yeah. can you get involved in a meaningful way? And with the UK-based one, it was going to be, okay, so say you don't like how things are going, you don't identify with anyone in Parliament, you don't see anyone in the news who's mm. actually making these laws, rules and regulations that you feel you would be able to have a drink with and yeah. get on with. Um, how do you get involved? And I couldn't even find the basic information of how do you become an MP? Uh, that's, I mean, well, Carolyn will be able to help you with that. But I think that it's, there's a 15-year-old girl who has started a global climate change movement. Mm. One kid. Mm. Well, actually, that sounds patronising, one kid. One woman, one young woman has started a global movement for climate change. We're talking about Greta, Greta Thunberg here, aren't we? Yeah. And was she 15 when it started? 14, I can't remember. But this is that's one girl. So mm. people do have power. They do. People do. They're like movements start with small amounts of people, sometimes with just one. One of the biggest triggers of the civil rights movement was four young black men refusing to leave uh, a, a 
bar, not a bar, like a, a cafe, because mm. they set out that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They'd set out the counter and they weren't allowed to, and they refused to move. And that was part of a trigger that started off the civil rights movement. You know, it. it you know, and a lady, an elderly, more or less, lady refusing to get up at the back of a bus. You know, mm. that's one person. You don't have to be. Like, you don't have to have lots of power, lots of money, lots of influence. You don't have to all of those things. You just mm. have to give a shit yeah. and do it, right? Because you can either moan about it or you can do something about it. And mm. I just think doing something about it just takes away the edge of the anger. It's still there, but at least you know you're doing something about it. And I think so, going back to your point about beauty banks, yes, it does take up a lot of my time. It is incredibly time-consuming and sometimes, you know... I just run out of hours in the day and I have to put aside my paid, you know, mm. take... But it makes my kids better people, makes me a better person, makes someone's life a bit nicer. So why would I, you know, I just wouldn't stop because of they're all good things. I think it's brilliant and I love the way... <laughs> that, no, I, I love the way that you've talked about it because... And again, it was only because it's so silly. It's because of Drag Race. I just listened to what Dan said and I thought, God, that is so powerful, relevant. Yeah. If you it's check how out, it hits you, yeah. If you check out people can, and people without great standards, morals or intentions, they mm. bank on you checking out. Of course. Did you see that thing that with the Trump thing, with the, ha was it hacked or hacked off? About how they targeted people on Facebook. It was basically they just went after people who are they called them the persuadables. So it's people who could be persuaded to vote Trump and hadn't decided. Mm. And like everyone's up in arms and going, Oh my god, I can't believe they use Facebook like this. Those people had a choice of whether to vote for him or not, you know? And it's yeah, yeah. what he did is find the audience. Yeah. And as we know, it's bloody hard. <laughs> It's oh, all well and good creating good content and having a great product, but finding the audience and getting the attention, <laughs> that's the hard bit. Well, there's a brilliant, um, I think it's a TED talk by Caroline, and I will mark up her mm. surname, so I'm not going to say, you know, the journalist, the Guardian journalist. No, I don't think I've seen it. It's, it's basically like Facebook, you need to be held to account. And it's about Brexit and about um, yeah. how they have... Um, skewed politics it's like my parents the things that get fed into their uh, facebook yeah, feeds like is all those people that read the daily mail it's the same it's just a different medium mm. it's just a way of different way of reading you know i could read the daily mail and read that um all this stuff about Meghan markle and all of this stuff mm. and all i see is a young woman that's just had a baby and has married into um you know, a guy that's slight is losing his hair by the way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what happened, Harry? <laughs> um, not as much as his Do you brother. remember that Tatler cover from about seven years yeah. ago? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but I like, remember William, like when he was 16 and it's like... Playing polo. I mean, anyway. But, you know, I just think the way... But if you read the Daily Mail, you'd think that she was the devil incarnate, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. You know, and you can either believe... The problem is that people believe and read stuff with people of people that they agree with. You yeah. know, they don't. And I think you can't challenge yourself or grow or or learn anything if you just stick with your own tribe. That And that, but that's what Facebook, that's what all the social media channels do. They see what you look at and then they feed you the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they just feed you the so garbage. It's, and it's, it just reaffirms what you're thinking or believing. It kills our critical thinking. So um, that's why I'm so glad I'm friends with Claire Coleman because I will fall for it myself. I'll read a headline and it'll say, for one of a better for one of a better example, um, underwire in your bra can give you breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's a regurgitated headline from a study that 
is however many years old probably discounted yeah yeah, and I can immediately go to Claire and say this has freaked me out yeah and she'll be like no that study's this it's been here's the link to the new study but because I'm able to use my critical thinking or at least use Claire's critical (laughs) thinking (laughs) she's my shortcut to having to do the legwork but it's the same as like all of those bloody um the vaccinations with the children the fact that social media is now being legislated to not talk about vaccination because of the impact it has had on the spread of measles i mean crazy right kids are going to start kids are going to start dying of things that we as kids all had and got over really fast you know and it's and it, it doesn't help when famous people like justin timberlake or whoever it was last week are saying they're not vaccinating their son and all of those things and you just think you know it's kind of but then you just think also on the other hand you're fucking stupid (laughs) vaccinate your children Mm. you know like what do you want to do you're giving them bloody like death sentence potentially you know and i don't but i think it's scaremongering and i think people have got frightened particularly people that have sons I think it might have been a Joe Rogan podcast I was listening to recently and they and, it, and they were talking about the machinations of social media. And I think it was Facebook discovered the fact that if you scared people, mm. their dwell time on the site was longer. Much longer, yeah. I mean, there's an amazing New York Times um, feature, uh, New York Times. Did you listen to The Daily? No. So The Daily is a podcast by um, The New York Times. It's so good. I'm going like, to start listening so, immediately. It's so, so good. And um, it's really well done, really well produced and researched and whatnot. And one of they did a a show on just before Trump was um, or just after Trump was elected, they um, looked at where all the social media activity was coming from and where most what was pulling in the most um, traffic right around sort of Trump and elections or whatever and it was the main sort of like big newspapers and their media platforms or whatever and then they found this weird like site that they'd never heard of and it had an unprecedented amount of traffic that kept going into their site and when they looked at it um, it was run by this just this husband and wife in somewhere random like out out town of Wisconsin or somewhere like that, like just really random. And they went and knocked on their door and went in and interviewed them. And they were just this this couple who had created this little news site. And every time they put something scaremongery Mm. and... um, they had been running it for a couple of years and it was just sort of ticking along and they both had full-time jobs and it was just their sort of side hustle. But when they started to use really sort of like... um, scaremongering language around trump and like refugee crisis and all that went really inflammatory language Mm. that was really like like gearing people up into this frenzy they started to get more and more traffic so they kept doing it yeah and do it's like um estee laundry and those sort of sites right Mm. they've been going for ages and they do and i thought they were great at the beginning because they were feeding Mm. really informative content but where they're growing is when they are controversial exactly, yeah. and calling people out, whatever whatever they believe is right or not. I mean, I, we shouldn't get into that because I just will be here all day. But it's that's when they get the negative side is when they grow. Mm. And it's very difficult that when you see those sort of spikes to not respond. sort of follow them because mm. that's where your traffic is coming from and that's what people are responding traffic to. traffic means money. Yes, and no, there's such a thing as bad traffic, I think. So, for instance, when Estee Laundry, as, a, as a, an example, they have now, what, 100,000 followers or something like that. Yet when they did 
they launched their so-called anti-bullying campaign mm. they also launched with a hundred thousand almost followers they also launched uh they asked for people to sign a certain uh, was it like a, a petition yeah, yeah to get beauty and the last time i looked there weren't even a thousand people that were signed up uh, so that you know that's kind of like that's that's a that's a case in point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Loads of traffic to see the negativity, but exactly a positive move. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are seeing the negativity just because they're voyeuristic and they're nosy and whatever. It doesn't mean they agree with it. Mm. Doesn't mean that the hundred thousand people that are following them are agreeing with what they're doing. I mean, it, actually, if you go on there, you see lots of negative comments. Mm. So what's that? You know, that's is that useful? I don't see the point in negative comments. I really don't. Like I see things on social media all the time and I think it would be so easy to try and put that person in their place or to disagree with them constructively. Mm-hmm. And I think... You'll oh, be there all fucking I, day. I, th- 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 I've got no skin in this fight. Live your life. I know. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like, it, 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 it's that. It, it's that kind of, like, just do, like, just do you. Mm. That's what I say to my kids the whole time. I think it's going to be like my next tattoo, I think. Do <laughs> you. All right, stop worrying. Careful what... where you put it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might put it on your organ. <laughs> <laughs> Just do you. Stop yeah. fucking worrying about what that person's doing over there or behind you over there or that guy in the car over there is doing or that person or what they've got or what they haven't got and what you haven't got and what opportunities they've been given and you haven't been given. Just do you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, stop it, like, stop. And every time, I try to be quite Buddhist about it. I'm sure every time, it's like, let it go. Be here now. Do you. And I think that um, that's how I try to live my life. It's not always successful. It's probably my most <laughs> off quote, off, often quoted Oprah quote. Mm. Which one? I need to think about how I say that. But it's the one about, and it's a story more than a quote, but basically when she started uh-huh. the Oprah Winfrey show... It was, she was the first female who had that hour slot. I think it was five to six. Right. I, I will stand corrected. Is it when other people started doing it as well? And everyone, yeah. And so all yes. the other networks. Yeah. Like and Montel Jordan. Yeah. 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 And her team said, Oprah, you need to watch this. You need to watch these. You need to see That's what they're right. doing. And she went, no, I don't. Because if I spent any time watching them, I'm not focusing on me. Yeah, exactly. Or my content. And I, like a lot of people always say to me, would you listen to other beauty podcasts? And I'm like, I'm friends with all of the beauty podcasters, Mm. but I'm sure they would understand if I say I don't really engage with their content because it might affect how I produce mine. Exactly. And also it's like you want to come at it. Sometimes you can, like one can, I know I certainly can, absorb other people's ideas without realising that you've taken them on and kind of like repurpose them without realising that you've necessarily done. You know, like sometimes you'll be like... um, singing a song and someone else is singing it and you're like oh my god it's such a coincidence we're both singing the same song you've actually heard them mm. singing it it's just that you don't know that you've heard them singing it my old editor on, a new, on my local newspaper was so like that and we would literally in the morning we'd go in and we'd be like right what song are we going to hum today and then we'll, we'd time it to see how long he started singing oh dear i think that's my cue to leave <laughs> no no it's a no it's a great game and it was done with love um it is your cue to leave because you have you oh, did say you yes. had to leave at 10 past well, be in Putney at 12 
Right, so you're going to be late. Um, okay, Joe, right. I honestly could talk to you for hours, so you are going to have to come back on. Thank you. I'll come back. For having I'll me come to you in your time. lovely house. Anytime. Um, I'll play on your organ next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my I organ. mean, honestly, I really do like love. Do you know, whenever I'm, in a, whenever I'm in a beauty meeting or a press appointment and someone talks about, I don't know, a product and they'll go, they'll talk about a pencil, like an eye pencil, it's double-ended. I just don't know why people don't <laughs> fucking laugh. You know, I'm like that. It's double ended. That's re- and they're like that. You fucking weirdo. I remember someone saying to me, "Oh, you should do a pr- you should do a beauty feature on double ended." And I just was like, "No, <laughs> I'm the same as you, a child at heart." All of the links to Joe, everything that we've discussed, will be in the show notes. And you are going to come back because I'm sure listeners will want you to come back. But thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation. Don't forget all of the links to everything discussed are in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And if you feel so inclined, where you're streaming and downloading this episode is probably the place where you can subscribe so you never miss an episode and maybe click five stars and leave a written review about what you like about the podcast. And I do hope that you have enjoyed it. If you would like to get in touch with me, it's very easy. Email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. You can slide into my DMs on social media. I am at Emma Guns on Twitter and Instagram. And if you click the show notes to the and if you click on the show notes to the Facebook group, you will find over 3,000 other listeners of the podcast who are in that forum, who are in the Facebook group, who are having conversations about all sorts. It's a brilliant place. I encourage you to join. Answer the three questions, agree to the rules, and you'll be welcomed in with open arms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one.